All right. Hello, everybody. We are back once again. And this time it is for women's national team coverage. We did a lot for the men. Uh, this is normally the part where I introduce my best friend and all around co-host, amazing human being, Darby. But unfortunately, Darby was a little busy today. So filling in, I'm joined by other best friend, all around great human being and great co-host, Mr. Conrad. Conrad, how are you doing today? Um, would have done a little bit better if a certain national team had shown a little bit more heart today, but you know, all in all pretty good. Had a midterm, always fun. But, and then yeah. both of us uh, got to experience some, some drama as well today, which was super fun. So oh, we'll leave that aside. Yeah. 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 But that was super enjoyable. So let's start there. Let's start with Canada. So in case you've been living under a rock, which, you know, if you have good for you. You may not have known that there are like six tournaments going on right now, um, all four team to eight team invitationals, and we're going to talk about this later in the show. We're going to dive into why we think this is not the answer for women's soccer, but the so the overall solution is basically that um, because all of these tournaments are happening, none of the really good teams are playing each other, and some of the tournaments are more stacked than the others. And so we find ourselves with Canada playing in England in the Arnold Clark Cup, which is a four-team invitational taking place all across the UK. And it, the teams include Germany, Canada, England, and Spain, respectively three, six, eight, and nine in the world rankings. Uh, England just played Canada, and I believe it was a one-one draw. Correct, one-one draw. Uh probably a result that's a little unfair to the English squad because Canada was not playing well, but Canada is also playing without Christine Sinclair uh, due to the passing of her mother recently. Um, and also without the golden keeper, Stephanie LeBay after her retirement last month, uh, go out on your own terms. Um, good for Steph and unfortunate for Christine Sinclair, but this might be our last kind of run of seeing Christine Sinclair as the head of Canada's soccer team. She is getting up there. She's committed to the two more years with the Canadian women's national team. Um, and obviously you can continue that commitment on as long as you want if you're Christine Sinclair. But it isn't always going to be that way. We aren't always going to have the best player in the history of soccer, not just on the women's side to build our team around like we need to figure out how to build this club for the future and if this is a sign of how it's going to be built i'm a little bit worried Janine becky does manage to get us a goal in the second half to draw us back to even terms but we currently are at the bottom of the table because the other game that happened earlier today was spain versus germany a little bit of var controversy always lovely um but yeah, it was a last a stoppage time goal in that Germany versus Spain game to draw it up. Um, I do have to say that Germany is running a very depleted squad right now in the Arnold Clark Cup because they are currently actually kind of decimated by the virus going around. But yeah, it's... Um, the Arnold Clark Cup is also one of the more competitive of these multitude of cups that are currently going on. 
yeah. I'd argue it's probably the second hardest. I think you could debate one or two with I all grades. One, I think it's one and one A, really. For sure. I definitely agree with that, but. It depends on what your perimeters are. And I think, obviously, we're talking about the French Cup being the, the other competitive one. Yeah. Um, and for those of you who don't know that, that tournament includes France, Netherlands, Brazil, and Finland, 4, 5, 7, and 28, respectively. So and Other than the 28, that one's pretty good. Yeah. like that, that. So it depends on what your perimeters are. Like, if you're talking about teams that are probably the most evenly matched, it's probably the French Cup. If you're talking about the tournament that features the most... Uh, teams with like that are good overall it's probably the arnold cup if you're talking about the tournament that includes teams that just happen to be available that's the shiba leaves cup (laughs) yeah that is definitely true but as i said canada is currently at the bottom of the table even though there are two draws want to know how that is being determined ultra i have a feeling you're gonna tell me oh i'm gonna tell you regardless the tie-breaking formula, since there is no difference in goal differential, currently is amount of yellow cards received. It is the worst tie-breaking method I think I've ever heard of. Like, it's, it's, why not just go to number of fouls at this point? Like, yeah, it's not good. It's it's it's, good. it's very bad. No good. It's it's it it is no bueno. Like so, ugh. so let's jump ship here, and now talk about the Shiva Leaves Cup, otherwise known as the Hey, you seem to be a country that has a women's team. You want to play some soccer cup, um, which is not to knock Iceland, New Zealand, and the Czech Republic, but by comparison, the only other time the USA played the Czech Republic, it was an eight-one victory. So not exactly shaking in boots here. Um, as we said, she believes kicks off tonight with the United States, who is still ranked number one in the world in the December rankings. Iceland and number 16, New Zealand and number 22 in the Czech Republic at 24. Um, look, I'll just come right out and say it. This is a cupcake tournament. Like, I oh, mean, 100%. I mean, it is. There is no way around that. And anything other than a U.S. win, like dominantly, in my opinion, is a failure. Oh, completely. Like, especially because the U.S. aren't sending a developmental squad. They aren't sending people who are graduating from the U20 or U23 ranks. This is your A-grade national team going up against Iceland at 16 in the world, which is a very young squad um, led by Danny. And I, I'm the worst with Icelandic names because there's so many vowels where I don't think vowels should be in umlauts. Uh, but Danny... Bjostrater, I believe. I apologize for my pronunciation. 97 caps for the country, 32 goals, plays for the West Ham women's side. Like, that's the only name I even could somewhat recognize on the squad. New Zealand's a more experienced team, but doesn't necessarily have that high-end skill. Uh, They actually have Abby Urkreg, which, uh, if you watch the NC Courage, you'll recognize that name and probably know how to pronounce it better than I do. And then for Czechia, or the Czech Republic, um, this is a team in transition. You see a lot of youth on the squad. Um, you basically all of them are from Sparta Prague. Um, with the one real exception being a NC State Wolfpack of Antoine uh, Stervoda. So yeah, this is the cupcake of all cupcake tournaments, which after this Olympic showing, may be what the U.S. national team needs. 
And that's exactly it, right? Like, I think that this is exactly exactly what, what, what they're going for. As I was telling you off air, my belief 100% is that the team wanted something to make themselves feel good before qualifying kicks off. Um, but you're the number one team in the world. You shouldn't need a cupcake tournament. That's when true. But Brazil running in their run of number one in the world in the men's side, you didn't see them establishing cupcake tournaments. Like, okay, but to be fair, the U.S. right now doesn't know what they have. Like that, that they're in the, they're in a transitional phase. So you need you need something. And part of the problem is there are like eight other cups going on. So there was not. We don't know who was already booked to go where. Because let's look at the places that are hosting. England is out because they're hosting, so you can't invite England. Uh you got France hosting, so you can't invite France. Portugal is hosting, so you can't invite Portugal. Um, and then you look at who's left. Well, obviously, you know, a team like the Netherlands is probably going to go to the French cup. That makes sense. And then Sweden, you know, one's probably going to want to stay in Europe. So who does that leave? That leaves Germany who, you know, has no reason to travel to the U S right now and Spain. So you could have invited Canada in theory, but my guess is that Canada probably didn't want to tip their hand to a CONCACAF team in the same way that the U.S. didn't invite Mexico. Because you don't want to... Korea DPR. You listen. All I'm saying <laughs> is, you know, we don't know how these tournaments came to be. All we know is that this is what we got. And unfortunately, uh, what we got may may is, is not great. Um, but that We've got being the said, worst potential tournament stroster, or structure that I think we could have come up with. Sure. And so at the end of the day, you know, it is it is a tournament um, and it is a cupcake tournament. Like, I mean, I hate to call it that, but that's that's literally how I see it. It, it should be a cakewalk. No pun intended. And anything short of four or three dominant U.S. victories would be a problem. Now, here, here's the here's the problem with this. Um, the U.S. is sending a good squad. So if they don't win this, this could backfire horrifically. Because then, you, then your confidence is like, uh-oh. Like, yeah. if they were to lose the Czechs Republic, or, you know, um, Iceland, I mean, really, any it's of these not like teams. You're playing, it's not like you're playing what we call the Canadian Women's Victory Tour, where you're playing friendlies against Canada and Mexico, where it's... <laughs> where it is just that. It's a friendly with unlimited subs. And, like... You're losing if you lose or I think even draw any of these matches, that's when the warning siren needs to come out that you were using back a few months ago for the men's team. Like Yeah. It's, I mean it's, 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 it's straights. I mean, so like I said, it's part of the problem that we find ourselves in here is that once again, there are so many tournaments um that unfortunately it's like it's diluting who is available. What you want to see anytime there's a tournament at all involving national teams is best on best, right? But it is interesting to me that Mexico was not invited to any of these tournaments. None of them have invited Mexico, um, at least to my knowledge. And at least the ones we looked at. Yeah. Um, I... And that none of the other CONCACAF teams, but I mean, to be fair, those are the three. The three you expect to hear from, from CONCACAF. But... Yeah, I just think that all around across the board, it's it's one of those things where it's like 
I get wanting to play a warm-up tournament. I get wanting to go in feeling confident. But if you look at what happened before the Olympics, the U.S. kind of did the exact same thing where they played cupcake games going into the Olympics, and you saw what happened there. I mean, everyone was like, everyone except me was like, oh, we won 6-1 to one against Mexico. We're going to win the gold. And I'm like, I, I, I mean, maybe... Maybe take a couple steps back there and take a couple breathers because beating Mexico is not the same as beating, you know, everyone, everyone else. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's dumb. Yeah. Like, is there not a better way to do this? Like, I understand wanting to have annual tournaments and no listener should misconstrue this as either myself or Ultra not wanting to support the women's game. Correct. We want the women's game to have large tournaments but we want them to be structured in such a way that they actually have meaning like this is for all intents and purposes meaningless tournaments for everyone who's participating you're not with the exception of i think canada really we're really and well and i guess germany because as i said virus issues nobody's really taking big leaps and bounds in seeing what a different starting 11 looks like or taking the time to develop their youth and say, here, get some caps. Or trying to draw in somebody who has multiple citizenships to come and play in these cups. Yeah. Like, it's, you need to, honestly, these need to not be annual games. Turn it into something like the Gold Cup. Turn it into something where it's either regional with some invitees. Because if you look at the Gold Cup, I think inviting Qatar was a stroke of brilliance. Like yeah, but well, I mean, I think I think you're on I think you're on the right track. Like like we were talking about, I think it's something where you rotate them every two years, every four years, whatever it is, um, and you do something where you know, let's say Concacaf for example, you take the top four teams in Concacaf and then invite four teams, or if it's in UEFA Europe, you take the top four teams from UEFA and then invite four teams. There are ways to do this, but what we have right now is not it. And I just want to circle back on the something you said, which is that yes, please do not get it twisted. We absolutely want to see the women's game grow, which is why it's so frustrating to see like seven tournaments where it's so lopsided because it doesn't help anybody. Beating beating a B squad with your A squad doesn't help anybody. And if you're an A squad team with expect expectations to win and you steamroll everybody, that doesn't help everybody either. So it's one of those things where you know, it's it's nobody's really benefiting from there being this many tournaments. And it's also diluting the 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 want to win in a lot of ways where, you know, as a U.S. fan, I look at the Gold Cup and I'm like, eh, whatever. If we win, we win. If we don't win, we don't win. I don't really care. It's the Gold Cup. Um, You know, if if there's seven of these things or six or however many of there are like nobody benefits from that. But I do want to stress to make sure everybody knows this is not us saying this is bad for the women's game because there's more tournaments. More tournaments is good, but all at the same time, bad. 100%. And it's a kind of a scenario where you have steel sharpening steel. You want to have the best competition, even if you are sending a developmental roster. And like, regional rivalries matter. Like, I'm going to point this to me and... Uh, Ultra's little battles and jabs at each other over these strings of podcasts over men's hockey, which wasn't sending best on best tournaments. 
but that regional rivalry still mattered, even though we both got eliminated in the quarterfinals. And anyways, we're not going to talk about that. No, we are not. Um, <laughs> other than the Canadians got defeated by a real country. Anyways, as you were, as I were, uh, regional regional rivalries draw viewership and draw money. And that's really what the women's game needs is eyes on the product and investment. Like, are you saying that we couldn't have an 18 tournament right now that had USA, Canada, Brazil, and let's pull in Oceania. Let's include them as our region. You can't say that those four and then let's take Australia, New Zealand. Well, sure. That's because they're hosting the World Cup. Yeah, for sure. And then throw Sweden, Germany, say the Netherlands says no, and you bring England. Like, is that not a tournament that people are interested in? I'd watch the hell out of that. And then, yes, you have the debate about what about up-and-coming nations? What do they do? Then maybe you have a secondary tournament. Say Japan, who just has an up-and-up program as well, even though they're down four points in the FIFA rankings. But as we all know, FIFA rankings are problematic at best you have them host a tournament as well where it is those lower ranked teams like a denmark italy switzerland sort of deal like there's lots of ways we can do this yes i would tend to agree and as i said steel sharpens steel so you have the best teams playing against the best teams to try and get better and then you have those i don't want to call it tier two but it kind of fits you have the tier two nations playing against nations of equivalent caliber to try and raise the bar. Like it just, it seems to make sense to me, but I wonder if the organizing bodies that be would step into something like that or would they go, Oh, we don't want to host this tier two tournament. We want to bring in France for one game or Portugal for one game draw that gate revenue. I don't know. It's it's not an easy problem to fix, but it's a problem that I think needs discussion. Yeah. So, moving on, another story I want to talk about and we keep talking about uh continually is the Carlos Codero saga. Uh the fact that my man is very likely about to become president of US Soccer again. Um I'm just completely mind blown at this at at this juncture. I mean, I don't know what to say short of embarrassment if he wins to outright shock and disgust. Um the fact that he's even eligible to run and has backing is disgusting. Um and he might win. He there is a legitimate possibility that he's going to win and I just I, I, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around it. And then I contrast that with what's going on in Canada. We don't have any of this issues. Our biggest debates are, are we hosting this game in Toronto again? And, oh my God, Alfonso Davies, get healthy soon, please. Like, basically, it, it really shocks me that this is even a discussion where you have someone who leaves in disgrace and comes back. It's a Napoleon Bonaparte-esque scenario. Like, but people like Napoleon. Yeah, I I I honestly 
have no, pardon my French, freaking idea how we ended up in this situation. Um, you know, I can understand him wanting to run again. Uh, I don't think he should be eligible. But how was he not barred when he resigned in disgrace? Really it's, just blows my mind. It's something that should probably bear discussion more than it does. But I've been listening to more football soccer podcasts. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of people beating this drum. Which is yeah. really strange. Well, that's what's alarming. Which is why I keep bringing it up. Because I want to be the one beating the drum. Because... They absolutely should not, in any sense of the world, like they, he should not be allowed to run. He should be barred. Like, I, the fact that we're even talking about a scenario where he might win is frankly disturbing. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm flabbergasted. And, and it's not like it's not close, like, it's a very competitive election right now. Yeah, it's seeing it from afar, it's a little scary, but you know, it, you always have to believe in the best in people at the end of the day, but we we'll see. So, let's go back to <laughs> she believes happier real quick. To- happier topics? Happier topics back to she believes. So, um let's get a prediction out of you here tonight, Mr. Canada. Who is going to win this U.S. game yeah. against, uh, is it, who is it, is it, it's Czechs today, right? Yeah, the Czechs Republic. Yeah. Let's go there. USA Czechs Republic, who you got and why? Let's uh, throw this lob up there and pretend it's a hard question. Uh, yeah. The number yeah. one ranked team in the world, even though FIFA rankings are malarkey. That's a, that's a good word. Um, yeah, it's going to be USA, um, especially with it being the Czech Republic. As I said, it's a team in transition. Um, I'd like to see them put one into the net. I think you're probably going to see three or four goals for this U.S. team on the low end. Um, Cupcake tournament. That's all I can really say. Iceland, New Zealand. Who you got? Um... As I said, Iceland's bringing a fairly young squad. Um, New Zealand is a much more experienced squad. Um, I think that's probably actually going to probably end in a draw. They're closely ranked. Let's call it a 1-1 draw because that seems to be the flavor of the day coming from Europe. So, 1-1 draw. Yeah, you know, guys, I really wish there was more to talk about with this tournament. But the fact that U.S. soccer didn't give us many good teams in this tournament and the fact that um not all these tournaments are happening there's really not a lot for us to work with unfortunately so this is going to be a shorter podcast but we are going to be doing the teams at halftime so um we will uh i would have been in favor of that but this is a national team only thing <laughs> all um, right pay, pay attention we might have some more rants coming from me in a future episode. In the future. But uh, so for myself and Conrad, be sure to find us on Twitter Spaces tonight uh, at halftime on the Switch to Pitch official account. And we will see you guys there. Have a good one, everyone.